Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. The phone lines, they are open. 8150-939-3831-939. Again, this is a Louisville basketball game day, so we're going to be out just a little bit early to turn you over network pregame coverage of Louisville and Miami. Uh, Tonight, looking at Ken Palm again, uh, they've got Miami at number 47, 47 uh, in the country. Uh, Louisville, much lower than that. Uh, then 47, they project about a 17-point win, which is kind of how these things have gone uh, against decent teams. It also happens to be a Miami team uh, coming off uh, a loss in overtime at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, coached by Steve Forbes. Anyway. Steve Forbes. I think I've heard that name before. He's my Ed Cooley. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you guess it's weird. You bastards would take Ed Cooley now, wouldn't you? Georgetown <laughs> seems to like him. Michael Georgetown. Georgetown played well last night. Or two nights ago, when I was two, it was last night. I take Michael Shrewsbury at this point. At least you know what's going on at Notre Dame. Mm. Listen to you. Miami is number two in the country in three-point shooting percentage. Good. They are top forty in two-point shooting percentage. They are seventh nationally in effective field goal percentage. If you don't, that's basically taking yeah, weighting three-pointers because they're worth more. They're worth than for everybody team. at home. They're worth fifty percent more, right, than a two pointer. And they're, they're I did the math. Eighteenth, just in overall offensive efficiency. Yeah. And I have great news for you. For it. them, not you. Great uh-huh. news for them. Louisville is a turnstile defensively, and has been since the day Kenny arrived. To my dismay, uh, just shocks me. Uh, I, I of all the things we've said about this team since he arrived, I just thought they'd be better defensively. I did. But, well, yeah. Pretty low bar, right? I thought, like, I really thought that one would be because whatever you think about Callen just rolling the balls out or whatever, he gets those guys to play hard on defense. So <laughs> they do. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what I said. Hard on defense? <laughs> gets those guys to play hard on defense. <laughs> you know what? He gets those guys to play hard on defense. That's fine. Dave is Can we try that? <laughs> Can he get them up for this game? Let me just keep going. Yeah, I like I catch a lot of double entendres, and that one I just slipped by. And Dave's like, "Oh no, we gotta mark that. You're gonna repeat everything you just said. <laughs> He's gonna have a flaccid back line." No, it's just 
That's Kenny's method. That's right. Uh, no, look, I've, I'm not in the business of defending John Calipari, but every time people just talk about him rolling the ball, that's always been my first counter is, look, he takes a bunch of five-star recruits and gets them to play defense. It's really more like a bowling motion. From like, day one. Like, yeah, it's you know. like less of just tossing it out there with, yeah, with like, tossing it out there with intent. Yeah. You know. But that's that's always been how he's been. They've always played good defense. And that was as we talked about on Monday and and you like to refer to it as the canary in the coal mine, which I it is. The first year, that big red flag amongst others, but the big one to me was man, they are not organized on defense at all. And th- that, that really is the all. litmus test. Yeah. And it, like to go back even to uh, to Eric Crawford's article, it's what a team does when they're losing and probably knows they're going to lose tells you a lot about where they are mentally and emotionally. And like that that Missouri team last night, I watched a, a lot of that game. Like they there was really they never quit. I never thought they were going to win, but like they they fought to use. Kenny's very worn uh, favorite word at this point. Like they did show that fight, and we just know what that sort of thing looks like. And these guys, uh, they never had. I wanted to switch gears though for just a second here. We are all enjoying uh, the fact that uh, Louisville is doing quite well football wise in uh, recruiting out of the transfer portal. It's a different day and age here. You are capable of uh, of doing that, and I meant to call attention to this yesterday but uh adam luckett who's a great dude like i'm not giving him a hard time at all uh but he tweeted something about uh for some reason at ksr about louisville and louisville football recruiting and to me david sounded like a talking point and i hate to be cynical about these things and think that anybody like i'm not accusing them of like carrying water or anything but it it sounded like when you hear something, somebody say something that you know they heard somebody else say. Uh, and it was calling attention to the fact that Louisville has gone heavy on the portal in back-to-back years and didn't sign a huge or super highly rated high school recruiting class, although we, we tend to like the guys that they did take. He said, uh, there's a reason why most power conference teams are choosing to not do what Louisville's doing. A bunch of teams could get the same results in the portal if that is the path they wanted to go down. They are doing a good job but they are mostly punting on high school recruiting. Do you think that that is accurate? Is Louisville punting on high school recruiting? And should do you, should we be concerned about that at all? No. No. We're not punting on high school recruiting. I think the modern model is hybrid model. I think that you can't take 20 to 25 high school recruits every year without expecting – a handful of them to transfer every single year. You know, you're you're taking up roster spots that you could have sophomores, juniors, seniors come in that can help you right away. It's just it's modern football. While there are more five like look, teams like Alabama and Georgia that can sign all the five stars. I mean, they'll probably stay in that mode, but I mean Kentucky's top 10 transfer recruiting class too. They're doing the same thing. But Louisville does doing it as well. Volume. I mean, I we think do. Volume no, we wise. have twenty. We have twenty transfers, and we only have what, I think fifteen freshmen coming in. And Kentucky has twenty-one. But is that six-person difference that big of a deal? Is it? We've well, taken those I don't six, think it is. those six roster spots. But I'm saying, like, I think the talking point is 
is weak. You know, they're being uh, a little more selective on the high school in the high school ranks because they don't like how many times have we talked about how long in the future how you can't do four year plans with recruits anymore. That's right. Even with football, you just can't do it because most guys that are a three star or above have a very high opinion of themselves. Or when they get here, they're going to realize that well, I'm a little too far down the depth chart, and I can just transfer in one year and go play at Western Michigan right now, or whatever. Like water finds its level after you know the year after they come to campus. Yeah, some are willing to sit two or three years, some are not. And you, it's it's a position by position thing as well. I mean, I think you'll have more receivers, you know, and and, and running backs and guys where there's multiple players at that position might be willing to stick around more. Uh, whereas where there's just one guy getting snaps at quarterback. Offensive line, there is some rotation, but as a whole, you're going to see a, a five-man starting unit get the majority of the snaps. And you might get a rotational guy at guard or tackle, but it's going to be at the most seven or eight dudes that play snaps. That happens. But this is just modern football. I mean, it sounds like it's an easy way to, to try to denigrate another school, but if you're a mid a middle class football program like we are and we're we're rising and we're we're challenging and we're always aspirational but we're not a top 10 football program all the time you know we're not going to get all the five stars out of high school this is the smart way to build your roster and have flexibility year to year it doesn't mean you're abandoning high school we got Jojo Stone Deuce Adams I mean we've got a running back a quarterback and a wide receiver of the future Stars at each position, in my opinion. We've got two running backs, actually, and a couple of receivers, but stars at all those levels. We've got multiple offensive linemen in this class. You know, there's there's 14 or 15 dudes that they feel good about in this class. But any more than that anymore, like, I don't know, if you're, if you, unless you're Alabama and Georgia and, and reeling in all five stars, like, you need to have roster flexibility going into the spring and coming out of the spring, in my opinion. And if there's guys that you're signing and saying he's not going to help us for three years, that is a wasted scholarship. Yeah, yeah, I think coaches are looking at this. Dave, I think you're 100% right about that. Yeah. There isn't any – Louisville's never – was never, is never going to get to the place where they're recruiting like some of the – like it's just – it is what it is. Like like 25 to 30 is about our cap or 20th because yeah. the top 15 don't ever change. That's right. Like and, your and best, play, best case scenario is like a foolish. 18. But also, I agree with you. Everybody who's not one of those uh, is wasting, is not being fair to themselves, taking on high school kids who can't help them very soon. Like, it's it's irresponsible. You have the ability to get other players who can help you. The other thing I think just wasn't cooked in to just look at this and saying, like, they're, they're punting on high school recruiting. It's new. It's a new coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, like it's smart all on its own, but I, I don't think that there's tons of overlap in the high school kids you would have tried to recruit into Purdue and the ones you would try to recruit here. Geographically, yes, but I guess it's just it's far more limited. And kids who with options want to go to Purdue probably value things that Louisville, like Louisville's not a great academic school, and Purdue is. How dare you? You understand what I'm saying? No, of course. Like the just like, disparage both your all's degrees. I'm kidding. Because I embrace it. (laughs) But, like, that's like, it's not the same to where you would expect necessarily high school. But it all, what it really sounds like to me is 
Kentucky is in is better positioned to win high school in the a, 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 a series where it's largely high school guys. And he really just kind of sounds mad. Louisville has an alternative. It's just another way to denigrate or somehow say it's not legitimate or something. You know, just like it. it well, everybody can do it. If you don't like it, do it better. They do love brag about getting in-state recruits. Like, oh, we got this kid from Louisville. Like, he wasn't that. Like, he's fine. He's a serviceable player. But, yeah, feel free to take him. Well, the we'll one take class, the, the top kids from California. Those classes that killed us were the J.J. Weaver. You know, those. They had, we had a serious bumper crop that year. And, yep. and Petrino yeah. just did absolutely nothing. And there, Aiden Robbins was the best recruit we got <laughs> from that class. And God bless Aiden. But it, and I liked Aiden. and wish he worked out here. That guy's a monster. But there were six or seven legit four stars in the Louisville area and they all went somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I'm... If, you, if you're in the backyard, you have to try to get those guys. Yeah. That's where like, Bobby and Satterfield, to a degree, was like, okay, what are you doing? Like, This kid should be an easy pitch. But that's what Brian... Or Brian, Brian too. But yeah. Jeff Brom can do. I mean, he's he never abandoned his relationships here. He's got better relationships with the high school coaches in the Louisville area uh, than anybody. They all know him. Because he doesn't have... He goes to games. He is ever-present. Also, his dad's a legend here in high school. Of course. School, so. Yeah, the Brom family yeah, the- is, is known. And that was part of the, him being the anti-Satterfield and the anti-Petrino in that way, uh, is that he is so dialed into the local recruiting scene. I don't expect us to get trampled, you know, in the in the greater Louisville area for recruits at any point in the future. But I think that also reflects a limited view of the transfer portal, as if they're all one-year mercenaries. Which is simply not the truth. Look at our commits right now. A lot of them are freshmen, sophomores that either uh, are looking for a new home or, or they they've outplayed where they were, or they're not getting playing time. Like it's just, it's not necessarily like they're in like grad transfer mode where each one of these guys are, are one year mercenaries and they're gone. That's not how the transfer portal works anymore. Yeah, you're going to get a fair amount of guys that are, are one year players, but about half the guys you got committed are, are multi year or have the potential to be two, three, or four-year players for you still in the transfer portal. So it's, it's just a weird way to look at it. And I feel like anytime Louisville's going to excel at something, they'll try to, they'll try to cut, the, cut us off at the yeah, knees. It was, you know? it, it was an odd way to try to make what is obviously shrewd, smart, strategic use of some other way of making sure you have a roster with at least requisite talent, if not really good talent, into some sort of failure. And Joe, by the way, failure in comparison to Kentucky, who just by virtue, I think, of being an SEC team, has a leg up in high school recruiting. And it really just sounded like, I think, the sort of talking point I would not be shocked to hear from kids over the next year or so. Yeah, we know how that works. They don't really prioritize high school kids, but they just want transfers. Just like... Uh, when Charlie was here and things were going poorly over there, it was they don't like the local kids, man. They want Florida kids. Remember that? Yeah, I do. It, that's what that sounded like. To me. That's what it made me think of. I thing. do remember that. Even though we had plenty of your local kids sprinkled on that roster. But, but what was what was Charlie supposed to do? Right. Not bring in Florida kids yeah. to prove a point to y'all? Screw y'all. Yeah. Like, no, we're just going to bring in the best kids. But the whole point with the local town arguments is you don't want to like you, you would love for every great player in the Louisville area to end up at Louisville. It's not going to happen, but you want to make sure you're in a position that anybody worth having on your roster in the Louisville area, you've got a shot at getting. That was what okay. was funny with like Satterfield was like we're getting the top kids like California, Texas, like all these other states. Is like, look, the top like fifty kids there are better than most, if not all, the top 
like 10 kids here locally. Like, let's let's stay out of here. But like Louisville, the history of Louisville football is built on local talent, you know, throughout history. In addition to Florida kids, like it's all over. But look, it's 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 got a a huge part to play, and it still does. There's a ton of lo- local talent. There is every single year. Every single year, there's five or six kids that are that, that are worth having on the roster that are coming out of Louisville, if not more. There are. You're not going to get all of them, and some of them might might feel like you just don't you don't um, neglect the rest of the country, you know, just to have. A monopoly on the state you know it's nice you want to have the ends on everybody in the Louisville area you want to get the best recruits from here but you have to go outside the state of Louisville in order to be competitive with the top of the ACC and the rest of the country you have to we can't build an entire roster out of out of Louisville players but it's important to, to absolutely get guys from local schools and it's one of the things I love about Brom coming back is that we will always have the inside track to players that are worth having on this roster, which there are plenty every single year from Uva or from from Louisville. Texture says it reminds them of Cal giving uh, Louisville a hard time, uh, overtaking grad transfers, and then taking one just about every single year after. Every that. year, yeah. It comes for everybody because that's how rosters are built now. He was only doing that for Bruiser Flint, anyway. That's exactly right. Yeah, because his buddy got burned. What makes me laugh about it is it really does sound like a little bit of whistling past the graveyard. Yeah. You know, like I think Kentucky probably would have loved to stay in a world where Louisville didn't have, where like this, your only option was high school recruiting. And that uh, Louisville, to its credit, in its history has been really good at finding the Eric Wood, George Bussey, you know, like those guys, yeah, high, uh, incredibly underrated, overlooked guys, and had a you know just a hilariously high hit rate with those guys. But it's risky; it's very risky, and you don't forget the ones that, or you forget the ones that don't work out, you know, way too quickly. But this is just like to me, like this. This is a much more rational. And and less risky way of doing things. I would be pissed off if Jeff was doing any, like. Imagine if he was like, ah, I want to. We really got to focus on high school recruiting. Like, why? Why? It's just the same as the the. They don't want the local kids. They want Florida kids. Well, good. They're awesome. I do want them. I want them all. I want all of them. But the whole point is like we're we're talking about how Kenny needed a to be get older everybody in college basketball is doing it. everybody in college sports is doing it and he unnecessarily relied on youth this year like why would you be intent on that when we've told you for years now that the landscape is changing and the way to build rosters in college sports is not the same as it used to be doesn't mean that you abandon developing freshmen altogether but you can't as it's a team like louisville or most college football teams are not going to exclusively rely on freshmen or even more on freshmen than than transfer recruiting. It's a balanced dance. It's an art. And it's a it's an advantage that Louisville and peer programs like them can lean into and might actually have over a team like Alabama or Georgia that doesn't lean as far into the transfer portal. They might pick a few. But to this point, they haven't taken full advantage of the transfer portal. They're giving. <laughs> you know, they're 
they have a deficit in the transfer portal right now, and the teams that can can uh, benefit off of that are teams like Louisville, NC State, Kentucky to a degree. Now they don't have the numbers that we've got in the transfer portal. But they have nine transfers committed at this point. You know they have twenty four high school players, or twenty one, I think, and we've got twenty four transfers and fifteen high school players. Is there a like a proportion that you feel like is kind of ideal? No. I don't think so either. No, because it also depends on how many transfers you lose every year. That's the other thing you have to look at. I mean, we have more f- spots to fill in a year where we lose 20 transfers. And a lot of those transfers are people that were freshmen last year. And they're transferring out to find a better fit. And that's what you get with a lot of freshmen. <laughs> like this, That is modern recruiting. There are other facets beyond just star ratings and true freshmen. And this is how we have an advantage over some teams. This is why we're in the conversation right now. If we were just relying on the freshman class to build us every single year, we would be two or three years away. And by the way, we would still be losing freshmen after every year. That's not how it's done anymore. How shocked are you, uh, given everything we've seen, given the way that this year went, that Clemson has not received any transfers in. It's wild to me that like Dabo does seem to me like the kind of guy that would take their late year resurgence and be like, I don't have to change anything. You know what I mean? Like this this proves to me that I don't need to change anything. But they were in on like a couple guys, that, at least supposedly in on a few guys. I'm not shocked. Dabo's told us who he is. Yeah. He's just not... But this, that just tells me that the end of the Dabo era at Clemson is is sooner, it's sooner than later. Like it's going to happen in the next couple of years if he continues this. It's untenable because he loses recruits or he loses transfers every year. Last year, I think they lost. Yeah, they've lost. Several they lost twenty one, I think, last year, and they brought in one. That's it's unsustainable. You can't do that you can't backfill with freshman recruits it doesn't work that way well i look at it like it's it's not even like you're irresponsible you're not fair to your own guys like like think about say like the louisville team the guys that are coming back like what's more doing right by them bringing in say four high school wide receivers who probably can't help you year one yeah or bringing in a couple of transfers so that the team does not fall off a off a cliff in any given year why would any coach ever choose to lose games they don't have to and why would you choose to have a disadvantage it doesn't make any sense and it's the fact that this is the third or fourth offseason really the third offseason of the transfer portal in its current state and he still hasn't figured it out he's that stubborn that's going to be the end of his tenure there whether it's i'm not saying he's getting fired next year but he's not going to be able to sustain and just keep up with the other teams that are rising in the ACC and running the ACC. Florida State does both. Yes, that's right. You know, that's they right. do both pretty Miami well. Trying to do both. Yeah, exactly. And that weird uh, Albany quarterback or whatever, <laughs> which pissed all of them off. We'll get to the phones here in just a second. Do you guys saw that? Like, that was the, the yeah. kid's name is like Puffenberger or something, right? It's yeah, it sounds like a Harry from Potter Albany. guy. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Puffenberger, Puff Puff right? yeah. But the reporter that tweeted his commitment out, the first one was the first one I saw. It was the first time in my life. You know how you can do this on on X or whatever, where you can limit who can reply to your tweets. Yeah, I've never done it. 
I'm an you idiot. I? Maybe I should use that. I don't know. But circles or whatever. I've yeah. never seen a recruiting guy do that for a commitment story. Like, I'm about to tweet that this Albany kid's coming in to be the quarterback. I don't know if the kid's good at all. I have no idea. But the, I feel like you're kind of telling on yourself. If Normally you're, like, you're one engagement. Re- yeah, yeah, I'm going to report, and it's a quarterback. <laughs> right. And you're like, I really don't want to hear from anybody like, about please this. Turn off <laughs> it's like, please don't. Jared Verse came from Albany, went to Florida State. That worked out. I know right. it's a different position, but, you know, Albany to the ACC pipeline there. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Transfer ranking for Clemson, not available. They have none. I know, but it's just hilarious to see it in writing. They and Stanford, which you can kind of understand, nobody can transfer to Stanford. Uh, Kevin, we'll start things off with you, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's up? Hey guys, and it's a it's a day that ends in Y. So I am working on a big Ford Super Duty. I'm I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm in hell, and if so, that just every day, day in and day out, I'm working on one of these trucks <laughs> because I do feel like it might be my own personal hell. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, I've, I've listened, I've been listening to the games. I've been listening to everybody. I actually haven't called in in a few days because I've been dealing with stuff. And I knew if I called in, I would lose my mind at just at the, just the ineptitude. And it's just, it's just, it's one of those things that, yeah, you can lose games, but like you all have said, there's just no, there, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing to hang their hat on. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where I keep thinking about, like, when we had Preston Knowles here, was he the best? No. Did he give 100%? He listened to Rick, and he, I mean, he he was a dog on defense. I mean, that man went out, and nobody was doing anything on him if he could help it. And it's just like, I, we don't, and I'm not saying these kids are not good kids. I mean, I'm sure they are. They're, you know, these young men, they're, they're, they came here, they were sold something, but it's just, it's not working. And it's not them. You know, we've had two years to, you know, compare and contrast. And it's just, it's just, you know, and he's just shooting himself in the foot over and over and over. You know, oh, this player is uh, out of shape. Well, we, we didn't uh, didn't hire someone in for two months. I didn't get here for three weeks. You know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm having to go out and recruit against the best. And, oh, wax poetic about Kentucky's players. Like, I just want someone who wants to be here, is competent, and just puts something on that I can see they are progressing. Hey, they're getting better at this. Hey, they're getting better at that. You know, it was that Preston Knowles team. It was they're they're going to play the the toughest, just white on rice defense that you're going to see in the in the country. And they are going to be absolute. They are they're going to be running at 110 on all cylinders with one minute left, and they've been going all out the entire time because they are conditioned for it. And I've seen nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing on offense, nothing on defense. And I just I feel bad for the kids. I truly do. And Louisville fans. You know, we, we, can, we can be better. He's just got to go. And I just don't know how he makes it into February with what, with what we're seeing. So, again, I appreciate y'all. I'm going to go back to not trying to set this truck on fire on purpose. And uh, I'm sure I'll call in later this week. Talk to y'all later. Appreciate it uh, very much, Kevin. Always good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, look, Dave, we're, we can, we're going to take and make these calls so many times between now and whenever this thing uh, moves on to the next stage uh, with, with somebody else in charge. In a weird way, 
not in a weird way, just in the way that it is. In a standard way. <laughs> yeah, in a very straightforward way. Uh, it, there isn't a single... The right way. <laughs> sure. There isn't a single point in time where they could make a change at head coach or just at least announce that he's out that will make any sense to me more than when they could have done it after the UK game. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm sure that in time, you know, some of the logic for that hopefully will will come out. But I both can't fathom him making it to the end of the year and fathom why you would make the change with just a couple of days, several weeks from now, versus not having done so back in in December. So... It's basically like, when are we going to do the thing that's bad and would have been bad at any point, so just do it. And I understand that sentiment completely. That's why I, I thought after the UK game made so much sense. You know, with the with the long break and every, the 12-day break and everything. And, and I wish it had happened then because I think that was the, the best time for everybody. But think, think about this. We've got road game at Miami tonight. We have NC State at home on Saturday. And then the rest of the month is at number seven UNC, at Wake Forest, home against Duke, home against Virginia, at number 21, Clemson. I don't see it. Right. You know what I mean? Because there, there's going to be some seriously embarrassing losses in there, I think. And, and when you look at it, that's, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left in January. I said he'd be fired before the end of January. I think it's because those are seven games that have potential to be really embarrassing losses. And at that point, we'd be 5-16. and 16, Winless in the ACC. 0-10 at that point. I think that that's, that's just as logical a point to jump off that train as any. I did see, by the way, uh, Louis uh, Rabot has been on top of this. Uh, consistently tweeted that the scanned ticket amount, you know, did the FOIA request and the scanned ticket amount for Pitt was over 5,000. All right. And several hundred, you know, higher than the, the last home game. And I, I just wanted to say, you all are awesome. The yeah. fact that the attendance went up uh, for, for that, for an opponent that's not that great, and there really wasn't much of a reason to think that the, the Louisville would play well uh, in that game, and it was still like, that's great. Are we sure there wasn't like Jeff Greer and family and friends? Got that many. Well, he doesn't have a thousand friends. No, he really doesn't. Come on. I mean, we love Jeff. But we only count for one. One each. Cody, welcome <laughs> to the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, guys. So, I was going to talk about football, but then the caller brought up basketball. And my, my blood pressure started raising. Um, <laughs> I think there's I, uh, Cody, I, I like that Kevin's like, I need to calm down. I'm going to go back to working on trucks yeah. <laughs> to, to relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about basketball. <laughs> He was like, all right, guys, I got to go. I'm going to go back to hell. Bye. I'm like, okay. <laughs> have, have fun with that. Now, there's only one man that, that can save Louisville basketball, and you guys haven't brought him up. You got to bring Dan Sprinkle in. Oh, no. I'm, I feel badly for this. Come on, man. Come on. Mark, I, I need you both I, I feel, to join in. I, what am I'm I doing? Sorry. I don't remember. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Like, uh, I'm gonna start the tinkle for sprinkle hashtag, and uh, we're, we're gonna get him in Louisville. Man. 
He's the Utah State. Yeah, he's the Utah State coach. Tinkle well, for Sprinkle. We are. <laughs> Spinkle for Sprinkle was right there. <laughs> I know, but he just did a tinkle. I want to get Wayne Tinkle at that point. Yeah, right. He's right. equally as bad at this point. I mean, I don't know his win loss, but outside that, like Final Four or Elite Eight run, they've been terrible. <laughs> he's the coach at Utah State. Yeah, that's what I said. They're fourteen and one apparently. Yeah, well, he, I remember he was at he was at Montana State before that. He's a uh, he's a he's he's yeah, good name. I'm sure he'd do a great job. I'm not opposed to anything at this point. No, Louisville would be better. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, just judging by the guy I just heard of for the first time. You never heard of I, so I can say I've heard his name before. I've not heard no. his name. I know that you not like intimately. Uh, you know, not yeah. I'm not. Super familiar with him, but I do I do know his. I name. thought this was like some eighties basketball movie character. If I was being honest, <laughs> I just looked at Mark's face. He's like, "Oh no, I don't think I know the reference." <laughs> I felt bad, yeah, because it was very funny, but I wasn't ready for that. Well, also the na- a name like Dan Sprinkle, you could be like, "Well, sounds like a funny character. It's not necessarily a real guy." <laughs> I'd heard the name before, so that's that's uh. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm well versed in his uh, his history. As it does make for fun hashtags. Mm-hmm. No, I'm all for it. And we're looking for fun anywhere we can find it at this. That's point. right. That's right. All right, let's take a break here. We will come back. I did one more little part of the football discussion I want to have here as well. We'll take your calls, your texts throughout on the drive on Thunderville. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. Now I know who Dan Sprinkle is, so this show was worth it. There you go. You have been educated learned something on every day, Sprinkle. Right? Like that's what you're supposed to do. Try to yep. learn at least something every day. Dan Sprinkle. I don't think you have to apologize too much for not knowing who the head coach at Utah State was. It's okay. I don't think he's like on the hot board or anything. No. Like I... I Again, like I, just because I've heard of his name before, doesn't mean I knew anything about him. I couldn't have told you who he coached. Tomorrow we'll find out Montana State's head coach, who replaced Dan Sprinkle exactly. last year. That's right. Who is it? I don't know. Oh, nobody tomorrow. Can. Tomorrow we'll find <laughs> yeah. out. He said tomorrow, not today. We're gonna do one name a day. That should be the thing. You just go through all three hundred fifty-three coaches in one day. One day. One day. What's? <laughs> we'll do like a, like a, Ethan. I enjoy kind of the passive aggressive. Uh, 
the thing from Ethan on the post game shows now was like on every post game show we're going to basically vet a candidate publicly <laughs> <laughs> to take over, which I, I get a, a great deal of enjoyment uh, out of that. Uh, have you given much thought to like what? Who do you think is like the lowest l- profile guy that you'd be? Like, All right, that could work. Have you gone there yet? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I've I've thought of a lot of names and think of a lot of names that are. It'll be good. I'm not thinking of them in in terms of profile right now. Like, I'm just not. I know that a lot of people aren't going to be satisfied unless it's one of one name or one of three names, you know. And and I'm not limiting myself like that right now. The best hire for me isn't going to look a certain way. Like, I have names that I like right now, and and but it doesn't mean that that list won't expand, you know, between now and in March when we need to hire somebody. This is probably an outside candidate that we're not talking about just because we're like, Plenty. we didn't think that guy would be available. Like, I mean, Scott Drew's probably the guy that we would love to have. We may or may not think he's going to be available there. Uh, but, like, that's where we are. Like, if someone's going to become available, it's like, oh, you have to get that guy. Texture says, have y'all talked about Cooley yet? We have! We already <laughs> talked about Ed Cooley. We've already reached our quota for today on Ed Cooley. We're going to get Pat Jaggers in here. That's right. <laughs> Talk about Ed Cooley's the... He's uh even though he lives in Charlotte now he is the station's number one, Ed Cooley. Big Georgetown fan, fan now too. Big Georgetown fan. He's got a big G on his car riding around Charlotte. I would just want to reiterate. I thought this already. Many of you gave me a hard time. I'm still mad about it. I'm as not mad about it as uh, Aaron Rodgers was at Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I think Steve Forbes would be awesome here. <laughs> You're still on that. Steve yes. Forbes trade. Even now, when you think we, pr- I would assume we have a bigger pool to choose from this time. You still, still hitting on I mean, Steve ACC's, Forbes. I mean, they're top twenty-five team at this point. I know. I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between. Like, I would have been. I I didn't look down my nose at Steve Forbes last time because I was really hoping that we would get a coach with experience. Uh, and I I. I think Steve Forbes is a good basketball coach, but there's a question about fit too. I don't know. Oh, I think he would go over quite well. You think so? Oh, I do. Yeah. I'm I, trying the, to be. He is. A he very, would have a mountain to climb at the beginning. I I don't know. He's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. His riz, as the kids would say. <laughs> oh my! You like that? Yeah, I'm trying to be less. I said that ironically. Yeah. Don't don't try that. I'm trying to be less. You know, <laughs> harsh I wasn't on the trying coaches. to actually say that. Come I wasn't on. actually. Tr- come on. I yeah. just want to show that I knew what it meant. And I just want to keep talking every time you start talking. Uh, that's right. That's fine. This is your show. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm trying to be like less like dismissive of candidates this time around. I agree. Like last time I was like, I was very dismissive of Kenny Payne. And I mean, I've kind of, I hate that I was right because obviously I wanted him to work out because he's the coach here. And it's like Mick Cronin, I'm kind of dismissive of him to a degree because of the way this year has gone with him. But it's like, I'm open to whatever at this point. As long as the coach comes in and wins games, we'll all be fans of him after one year. So that that's what I was getting at with I don't think he needs to fit a certain profile. You know, like as far as Besides like, the, like good at basketball. Exactly. Profile. A good basketball coach. Um I'm like I don't necessarily think he has to come from a high major school or this or that. I don't think he has to have a championship pedigree. Uh, I I don't want to limit been a head coach though. I think we we agree has on been. That. A, I don't. You will never see this university hire yeah. another coach without experience again. I don't he think. He can't cure us of that. Yeah, I think that. I think that's out of the window. Um, my, uh, I think there's a lot of different profiles. We'll accept. I think fit is as important as anything. I needed somebody who is going to win basketball games, but also can handle the PR side of this. It can handle being a politician and you know being a 
glad handing a little bit, you know, and and and, and being out there and, and being the face of a program instead of just the coach. It was in college basketball or at, at U of L. As the as the as the basketball coach at U of L, you have to be both. All right, so we can put together a list of things, uh, like like somebody <laughs> like what are you looking for like right after a breakup? But so has to have been a head coach. Texture says no pack line. I think we <laughs> we agree with the that. list of people that are off the like that get taken out because of that. Or it's not very long. I don't think. What if? What What do you think the reaction would be if Louisville could get Tony Bennett? It's so, it, it would be so what weird. What I do for all of us coming out of the Kenny <laughs> Payne era? How can any of us say no? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> We'd make the tournament. Best like Matt Payne, where you make the tournament and probably flame out first weekend every year, except for one. Got beat by Nebraska last night, and he griped about uh, court storming. Well, here, if you want to talk about somebody. Who's off the radar right now? We could talk about Ryan Odom, who beat Virginia when he was at UMBC, was at Utah State last year. Dave's a big Utah State fan, <laughs> apparently. Took, took the job at VCU, and that's why uh, old, old Mr. Sprinkles is over there at, at Utah State and now. Roosevelt Willers at VCU, maybe. What do either of you, <laughs> what is your gut level reaction when people do things uh, like bring up Will Wade? Is Will Wade worth the squeeze? Though, like that's the thing with me is, what has he done to deserve like debasing yourself? Like I really like I'm not, and I'm not. Whatever. I just feel like if you're gonna do that, it needs to be worth it. And I don't know if Will Wade's worth it. I'm not gonna act like I've watched a lot of McNeese basketball this year. I mean, clearly he was good at LSU for obvious reasons. <laughs> I was good sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Well, when he was able to wiretap and, and just illegally offer money. This is how this is great. This, by the way, I want all of you to know I agree with you, but I I do want you to know what you're saying. I asked the question about Tony Bennett. I hope it's not Toby Bennett, which is funny because I'm sure they meant Tony. But I guess at least we wouldn't lose as much. The next one, hell no to Tony Bennett. I'll slit my wrist if Bennett is the coach. God. I know he wins games. <laughs> well, just to be, I don't think Tony Bennett's going anywhere from the University no, of Virginia. No, I'm just, anyway, we're just, just saying, so like, we are all here are saying basically things have gone so badly right. uh, that, that we are pretty wide open to just about anything. And then we immediately are like, that dude with the national championship, not a chance. Not a chance. I'd die. Well, that's what I was saying is that. <laughs> It sounds weird to say this. But I agree. I don't the, want him either. It sounds weird to say this coming out of the Kenny Payne era, but I don't know how many people would want Tony Bennett. Would you at least know what he's trying to accomplish on the basketball court? Right. What like, if he yeah, came yeah. here? He's like the nightlife and all that. Like, God, that would be so fun. I'm he sorry. comes here. He knows how to actually play up tempo. <laughs> That's right. He was just waiting to get out of Virginia to do it. Harold, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Dude, you call me mid bike. I was just listening to y'all. My bad. So, real quick. I know. I know. I'm trying to scarf some food. Hey, real quick, though. I'm going to tell you this. If we're saying we don't want coaches because of a particular style, but they're proven winners, then we deserve KP. Like, as a fan base, that is what we deserve. I'm going to sit here and let y'all know that the the first thing I want to know is, have you coached before? Do you have a philosophy that I can understand without someone needing 
a master's degree in basketballology to um, understand it or explain it to me. You know, like, does your stuff work in reality instead of in theory? And then from there, you know, I think we really have to focus in on that statesman part. Yes, because again, right? We you won four games last season. The one thing you can do is be in the community. That's the one thing you can do. And I will, I will not let it go. That the reason you couldn't be in the community, the reason you couldn't be doing interviews, the reason you know we don't get updates is because. You, Y'all in the lab. Well, where are the recruits for 2024? That's that's lab. That's being in the lab. Where are the results from all this lab work in the summer? Where is it? I mean, you can't tell me you spent all summer in the lab for one additional win this season. I don't buy that. I don't buy Maybe the problem is you're in the lab. Because, again... If we can't understand your philosophy, if we don't know what you're trying to accomplish on offense, if we don't truly know what you're trying to accomplish on defense, if we don't see anything that you're consistently doing well, other than trying to get to the free throw line and fight, then what do you expect from us? So moving past that and thinking about a future state, I'm going to tell you now, if we start saying, if we start writing off candidates who can come in and do the job that we need done, then we deserve what we got. So... You know, let's keep that open mind. I do think there is cause for concern when we when we are talking about folks who who have shown that they can't handle a little bit of that pressure because we know Louisville's going to be pressure. We know that there's going to be high expectations. We know that you know folks who have stuck with KP are going to want whoever comes in next to be winners year one. And you want to know something? Four wins was okay for KP, but whoever comes in next, our team wins ain't going to be okay. Right? Like, 500 yeah. isn't going to be okay in their eyes. In my eyes, I'll be like, great, you know, let's go. Yes, I want NCAA tournament. But, hey, I've seen worse. I've literally seen worse. So, you're going in the right direction. Now, if we're at 500 in year two, there's a problem. So, you know, let's let's keep open minds. Let's understand we need people with coaching experience. And let's understand that we need people that are going to shake hands and kiss babies. Y'all have a great afternoon. Appreciate it, Harold. I do think back-to-back Chris Mack and Kenny Payne in different ways yeah. uh, have driven home the need for a coach as big as the job and, and as comfortable with that. And I think th- maybe we just got desensitized by just how unbelievably good at that Denny and Rick were over almost five decades. Uh, but both of those guys could fill that room. Uh, every, and they, the job did not phase them. They they were the heat. They didn't feel it. Yeah. You know, like that sort of thing. And, and in the same way that like Scott was kind of a um, – a bad fit on the football side for things like complaining about weeknight games. Like, but we love those things here. You, you, complaining about L's down. Like that sort of thing. Like just didn't yeah. his values didn't line up like it in that sort of thing. Louisville probably does need kind of an egomaniac for a basketball coach. Not of not I'm not asking for anything ridiculous, but one of these coaches who believes he's worth all this attention, not who resents all this attention. Yeah, that's 
that's what I meant. But like, look, I thought that the Chris Mack hiring in subsequent tenure and, and how he was let go or how, how it ended should have taught everybody that fit is as important as anything because nobody thinks Chris Mack can't coach basketball. Yeah. Nobody thinks that. He proved it. Uh, and he had some success, but it, it, eventually the combination of, uh, I mean, I, I will, there's a faulty relationship and there was some nonsense going on in the administration above him, but at the end of the day, I think that that non-fit was going to boil over at some point either way. And it just happened to happen in season four uh, after he had to let go of coaches and everything. It just didn't work out. Uh, and I think that was going to get to him eventually. Because I don't think he loved the media, you know, part of it. And I think he was a little testy with the with the media uh, often. Uh, and, and I don't think he loved that part of the job. And Kenny doesn't love that part of the job either. He doesn't address it the same way Chris Mack does. Not an ass, you know, but he's... He clearly resents that part of the job to me. And and I've said that for a long time. Uh, we can't have a coach next time that's in that position. You know, you just you you have to embrace that part of the job. And there's most the good news is most college basketball coaches do. You know, this is the next level. This is different. Like Drum Tank's good at it. Louisville's different than Manhattan, Kansas. You know, anybody who you think Steve Forbes is good at it, Louisville is different than Winston Salem. Just is. He was on Bruce Pearl's staff, like I think he knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you know what I mean. The being the head yeah. guy and being in front of the – there's very few places that are as uh, – the head coaches scrutinize as much as Louisville. The list is short. Texture says one thing, and I disagree, and I just wanted to – community thing is less important. Job is more demanding in the portal era. You can't count on your roster, so it demands more time. I Not true at all. Uh, Jeff Wallace has been on this show three times in the last ten days. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's there's time for these things. What it doesn't I, take what a ton I, of time. It doesn't take a ton of time to, well, not only that, to stoke like, those fires. Well, and and Jeff is thinking about it and is strategic. You guys want to know how Jeff Walls comes on the show? He asks us. I've never asked for him. He has this SID reach out. Jeff is going to be traveling. He wanted to know if you guys would would wanted to have him on to talk, like, which is amazing. But what it betrays in Jeff's mind is being out there and talking to people and letting people hear what I, how I'm thinking about the season and all that sort of thing is not in addition to the job. It's not it is the coach job. or do this stuff. That's part of being the coach. And in, in no, it's no less uh, a part of the job than recruiting is. So radio is another community too. That's, that's a fair point too. What's that? But it is a way to talk to the community. That's the point. It, it yeah. is. A, it is the community. It is a big way. Like that. What I'm saying is, is that part of the job. We're not saying you have to go out and 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 have a a community meeting every week. Yeah. We're saying that you embrace like the the communication part of this job, whether it's post game press conferences, whether it's the coaches show, and then realizing from April to October, you still have to be present. You can't disappear for six months. And make one appearance on a national show. Like, that's not how it works. I don't care. We've never focused on it being this show or not. I don't care what show you go on. You just have to have regular communication as the outward-facing figure of this program and not wilt when the pressure builds. Like you can't lose and not do that part of the job. You can't do it. And that's what Kenny's run into. And hopefully the next guy doesn't lose like this so that part of the job is a little less important. Right? Lamar Jackson at press conference today. Asked about Joe Flacco, quote, 
it's great to see Joe back playing because I always felt he was elite. Oh. elite. Ah, I love it. He said it. <laughs>